Nephilococcia. Nephilococcia. I used to practice that a lot. Nephilococcia. I made bank on that. Dabba-dibba-dabba-da. Welcome to Things Are Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Oh, man. We... I don't even know where to start. We've just been almost crying in a giggle fit for the last 10 minutes. It's the giggles. <laughs> you get on camera or behind a microphone and it's it's bound to happen. Though This is actually like the first time that we've had to stop because of the giggles. <laughs> it's all right. It was worth it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you had just talked about your last round robin game. You had a question the blue the blue round the blue Abidi round Abidi yeah. i am blue Abidi Abidi. which i <laughs> after that question i watched that music video oh my like god three oh god. times in a row <laughs> oh wow oh the, wow i i was i was already amazed at the sentence that you watched it right. and then <laughs> <laughs> that was a time when electronica wasn't called electronica or electronic music it was just called techno <laughs> which if that puts it into perspective at all <laughs> uh, that video though just look up i am blue oh my god and that video it's like cell shaded renderings like did you ever see it's, the commercials there was some commercial that was like cell phones and it was just the the voice i, I forget the exact like melody to it but it was just like the commercial was like dial 999 for all the ringtones and just this yeah. little, like little green thing was like that was the crazy frog yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah oh gosh I that was the exact that. yeah that was the right time for all of that oh my god and the real song for that is called axel dash f but uh crazy frog was just kind of a mascot <laughs> and a remix of it it's like that but the music video is a bunch of blue martians just like venturing off into space i think it's weird it's really weird. I think that's part of the reason I had fever dreams when I was a kid is because I saw that too many times. I love the I love the song, but <laughs> no, oh, we're we were talking a little bit about creating questions, and maybe this will get a little meta about like how we create questions in the show. And you had a lot of really positive response to the to the blue round. I did, yeah. It it's just as Ryan was saying, like it's surprising to see what people enjoy and like hearing about. Um, you know, and it was, I mean, it was actually really easy to write questions for, you know, you could just think of anything that was blue and then you could pretty much find a question around it. But like, I didn't even, you know, as I said in the show, like, thank you to my friend Albert, I didn't even make the round idea. Like he, he gave me the idea and then I just kind of went with it, but I had several people reach out. Like that was my favorite round I've heard in a long time, you know, which is just, just surprising to me because I didn't think it was going to be anything special. Yeah. That's awesome. I know we, I had done a green round and I think we pointed it out. It was during a St. Patrick's day. So sometime in March. Um, and it's funny, like the way that you think about rounds and I've thought about this a lot. Like when I think about questions and the one I keep coming back to in my mind was, I don't remember the episode. Somebody will have to help pull it up. But when we did the nineties themed round yeah, and how you, so you have, you know, six questions in a round and you could easily just rattle off pure 90s pop culture. But what was really fun is to go and it's like you have a question on history. So it was like the 90s vice presidents. And then you take another thing and you can actually like one of the questions that's one of my favorite questions that I, I had probably come up with in you know this game so far was um, the one about the Tamagotchi. And it was, you know, in the 90s, the Tamagotchi was a, a huge thing. And it was actually a combination of 
two Japanese words that I forget what they even mean. I think it was like egg and game. Yeah. Like, what is the name of that mashup of two words? And it's portmanteau. It's an English word, but, or an English, you know, uh, term. Oh, uh, right. It was, it's, I, I just, I think about that a lot as somebody who is now obviously writing a lot of trivia. It's like, how do you break things up and how do you take around on something basic and then you pull in history and you pull in English grammar right. and you pull in pop culture and you pull in something else random. It's like how far you can stretch that when you focus on just one thing. And it, you know, it's something just, you know, really cool and really proud of the show, obviously. And just like what those rounds can become. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's kind of an attribute to a good game master. Cause like you really, really do manage to find like big pulls, you know, into other topics or ideas, but I mean, it's all thematically absolutely thematically correct yeah. you know it, it really does flow and work well with the round i I'm curious. Yeah, i think i think it's awesome does does everyone have a a favorite question or a favorite thing that they've they've created themselves or have heard in you know since we've been doing this i i loved my latin round that was I'll so be quite hard frank. I, I i know it was i know it was really hard i don't know if anyone got i think maybe one or two questions were gotten but i like it because the way i see it um just because my french background I like having sure. weird, obscure words and kind of having to take like, I know this from French. I know this from Italian. I know this is what it is in English. So if we can kind of pick this apart to get close to what it means. Yeah. I, I love mean, that. I think that's awesome. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I totally, I, I get why it, it's a really good round. I just suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> If I was more knowledgeable, my sister is a linguistics major, and I'm sure she was probably, you know, like writhing in pain as she like heard us fumble through all those questions. <laughs> uh, now that we've talked a lot about our favorite rounds and how we're so good at writing questions, uh, well, let's get into a round robin where I completely took my entire round from somewhere else. Cool. Just lifted it wholesale. <laughs> uh, anyways, this somewhere? is <laughs> this is the 38th ever episode and this is another round robin where all four of us uh, bring our own round of trivia for the other three to answer and we vie for all the internet points in the world and uh this time like always we'll start with Stu's round cool thank you Alrighty, my round is called what's in a name uh it's a round about famous companies or products that have changed their names either from their starting point or after something forced them to change uh, like usual, uh, every answer will be worth two points. If I have to give a hint, it's worth one point. Buzz in when you know the answer. Uh, you know, and these will be things that I'm, everybody should know these answers. They're very, uh, popular things. I'm almost darn sure that everybody's come in contact with one of these things, uh, on the regular. So, right. um, it'll go over a bit of their, you know, probably their history. Um, or something that might have forced the, the name change, and it will say their old previous name as well. Question number one. Created in 1893, Brad's drink was a delicious sugary soda that swept the Ryan. nation. Ryan. Oh, man. It's between two. Is this Dr. Pepper? It is not Dr. Pepper. It was rebranded in 19, or 1898 I can to go what again. popular beverage? Rachel, but, do you have anything? Like Rachel. Uh, Pepsi. It is Pepsi. Ah. <laughs> That is two points to Rachel. Oh, man. I remember we talked about that. I couldn't remember. I just remember Dr. Pepper being the more like homebrewed one, so to speak. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I knew that one was going to be uh, 
kind of a painful one for anybody that couldn't remember the exact, <laughs> the exact question that we had before. Question number two. The Sound of Music sold stereo equipment, but in 1981, a tornado ripped the roof off the store, damaging most of the equipment. They put everything outside as a quote-unquote tornado sale for customers to get the best deals. That weekend, he sold more than ever before, and two years later, rebranded the store with new inventory into what company today? Sorry, that's a long question. Um, wow. The Sound of Music sold stereo equipment after a tornado devastated them, uh, and he had a giant sale. He expanded his inventory and rebranded the company to what? Oh, boy. Uh, it, the hint is it's one of the few big box electronic stores left. Mark. Mark. Best Buy? Best Buy. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, um, in the, like, if you read the, the history of it, it says that like he put the stuff outside, like on the tornado sale so the customers could get the best buy, but that was a little too on the nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. Like, I, I was stuck thinking about speakers. So I was like, JBL, maybe that, that doesn't, nothing else is clicking there. Right. And I, I know that was, it was a tough one to get, um, one of the harder questions of the round, but yeah, I just one. It was interesting that the store name was called The Sound of Music, <laughs> right? Um, and then two, literally, a tornado blew through it, and that is why it is what it is today. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, man! There's so many things like Sound of Music, and then you said tornado sale, and so I was thinking like fire sale. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a tougher, tougher question of the round for sure. That's awesome. That's one point to Mark. Uh, and question number three. 1902 was the year that George Dayton became a partner in Goodfellow's Dry Goods Company. It was another 50 years before the large department store was renamed to what? What year was it? Sorry. Uh, 1902 was when he became a partner, but 50 years later, so 1952, was when the large department store was renamed mm. to what? Can you repeat the question? Sure. 1902 was the year that George Dayton became a partner in Goodfellows Dry Goods Company. It was another 50 years before the large department store was renamed to what? Ryan? Ryan. Sears? Uh, not quite. These are all good guesses, though. Rachel? Nordstrom? Uh, no, not quite. Um, oh, hint. Uh, okay, good. Oh, do you want to guess before the hint? No, or do you no, want the hint first? Okay. Uh, the founders got the name from the idea that they will hit a bullseye on their goals. Ryan. Target? <laughs> Target. Um, Target, what's interesting too, is one of their main brands now in the store, like, you know, their Target brand things is Goodfellows. Yeah. Wow. I'm wearing jeans that are Goodfellow right now. Um, I was wondering if anybody would make the the pull connection there, but. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. um, I think there was another name in there at some point too, uh, after he became like a partner or whatever. But yeah, Goodfellows, that's where that comes from. Um, That was their original original name that's crazy i wouldn't have i also wouldn't have thought of target as being that old i know right me either um but it wasn't until you know 1952 that it became target that's crazy cool one point to riot uh question number four originally intended to be an industrial product when it started in 1913 the electroalkaline company that people or found that people wanted a less uh, concentrated version of their product for home use. People created the brand name 
based off of its two, in- two ingredients, sodium hydroxide and chlorine. Rachel. Rachel. Clorox. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a hint for that one, so good. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first uh, electro... Electroalkaline company. Like, I mean, I, I, it was the early 1900s, but like people just... They just made stores. Just didn't care. They just didn't care, right? There's no marketing effort there. It's just, <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely crazy. Two points to Rachel there, and question number five. Blue Ribbon Sports was founded in 1964 as a distributor for, uh, I'm going to mess this up, but Anisuka Tiger, which is a Japanese like sports company. They started making their own shoes and rebranded to Ryan. what in 1971? Ryan. Asics? Uh, no, it's not. Blue Ribbon Sports uh, was, a different, was a distributor for another company in 1964, and they started making their own shoes and rebranded to what in 1971? I can go again. Rachel? Rachel? Keds? Nope. The hint is they got their name from the Greek goddess of victory. Uh, Ryan. Nike. Nike, <laughs> which is crazy that such a huge brand was just like a redistributor, <laughs> like in the yeah. beginning for quite well, a while. Well, that one threw me off because Anasuku Tiger or Ana, yeah, I can see it. I know, I know how Japanese works. I could, right. I could try Anasuko. I forget how I have shoes over here. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> the point is, I love Asics shoes, those Tiger shoes, and they're like Asics now owns, I think, what is Anasuku tigers oh really so i was super thrown off by that but yeah i i didn't know that i might have rephrased the question differently then uh had i known i didn't even know that was a brand yeah um yeah i love a, those asic shoes that's probably my most worn shoes nice but very nice uh, uh and then the greek god one is yeah yeah that one's pretty pretty telltale one point to ryan there and question number six the final question of the round these all-natural juice or tea drinks were originally intended to be sold to health food stores under the name unadulterated food products. Ryan? <laughs> Ryan. Is this naked juice? Uh, no, it is not, but you're on the right track. <laughs> Correct. It's Snapple. Wow. wow. Um, nice pull. Um, they changed their name because one of their products was literally marketed, marketed by its snappy apple taste which is exactly where the name comes from. Yeah, it's just the worst name possible. Unadulterated food products. <laughs> like, how do you, like, how do you, I get it. I get what they're going for, but man, people I would just love to marketing. go into a store where every food item is like unadulterated food consumption grain. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess mark that up for like the crappiest company names in history that are somehow still around. Yeah, I think I think it comes down to people like they get like an idea of like, this is our motto. Um, you know, this is our purpose and our goal. Here's a great name that fits that and no one consults marketing. Right. I, yeah, I definitely because I mean, you're right. It does like it definitely expresses their vision and their ideas for uh, for what they want. It's just not a good way to go about it. Nobody right. in the fort but me, and it's crazy. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Okay, so mine is a little more, I'd say, case in point for me. Um, as you guys know, I love history, and I, and you know, I love history facts and learning about it. However, as a female, growing up, 
you start to notice more and more that none of the history people that you ever talk about are female. Yeah. None of them. And as um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has said, people, especially men, but not all men, of course, um, don't fully appreciate the arbitrary barriers that have been put up in place of women. And one of these arbitrary barriers is the fact that there's no one historical to look up to or very few um, historical people to look up to, especially uh, most women um, that we hear about have been in the last 200 years or so. And before that, you only hear Joan of Arc. And as somebody said, that's that's not quite an example and end we all want to aspire to. <laughs> right. So, um, so what I've gone through is I've found six incredible women from the recent past. So you guys don't have to dig. I'm going to name the women. I'm going to give you a few extra facts about them. And then I'm going to leave out an important fact, which I will clearly point out that I'm looking for. And you're going to have to give me that fact. I don't have any additional things, hints to give you. Um, however, I will give you the woman and I will um, give you, I've picked um, very, very famous people. Cool. On the awesome. list. So. I love this round. So, yeah, this, so we know the name. Awesome. Yes, you'll know the name. I'll give you some background, things that are very important to what they did. Basically, I'm giving you all but one of the most identifying facts. Awesome. Literally, cool. to give you one more identifying fact would be to give you the answer. Cool. Thank you, because I suck at just history in general. <laughs> <laughs> this is more of a put the pieces together. I'm building it around you. If you know any of the pieces, you should be able to get it. Right. Sweet. Um, okay. Question number one. Madeline Albright a Jewish-Czech immigrant and champion of humanitarian rights, served as what appointed government official from 1997? That is correct. She was the first sure. female Secretary of State in 1997. Sure. Um, Wasn't earlier. I know. She, she was in the, working in the government for a long time. Before that, she had been um, ambassador to the United Nations. She's more oh, well known was... for work as the Secretary of State. Okay, question number two. Katherine Johnson is a renowned mathematician and famous for her complex calculations that NASA relied on for the 1969 moon mission, highlighted in what? Darn it. She, yeah, so I believe space into this. <laughs> I believe she was also a pioneer in code as well. So this is for all of you. Yeah, one of the early, early develop. like I remember hearing stories about that, like the, the punch card developer of that era certainly that's awesome lots of people that should be discussed more yeah um Heidi lamar was an actress who also <laughs> helped i will call on you okay. to invent what kind of device that is crucial to technology today note that i did also ask tech questions for the purpose of you guys um i'm to the um so it's not quite wi-fi at this point so what I have, it's a, actually a ra radio signaling device, and it changed the frequency of other radios that harmed enemy communications during World War II. Whoa. So it's like actually closer to a radio. Jammers? Kind or of not. like that. Or, um, <laughs> I, th I, think, I think I can give that one to you, um, largely fine. because I don't know the technology well enough to say it's wrong or right. So... That too, um, but like basically, but it is, you are correct that it led to Wi-Fi and it's absolutely central to, um, to, 
telecommunication today. That's awesome. That's so freaking cool. I didn't even know. Yeah, like, I didn't know the name. Okay. Question number four. Naomi Parker is known by this nickname from her published picture, which was first published in 1943, which became propaganda. Um, <laughs> I didn't know her name, but I knew exactly what you were talking about. That, that's good. I, I wouldn't have pieced that together, but as Susie said, it makes perfect sense. And she was actually working in the factories. She, um, this became propaganda for women in the workforce during World War II. I actually, my wife's grandmother, uh, we have a picture of her working in the factories and she's working on part of the shell uh, for an atom bomb, actually. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow, it's that's incredible. Freaking amazing. Um, I'll send you guys the picture. It's super cool. It's quite a picture. That's wow. just amazing. Yeah, wow. it was, Please yeah, do. was awesome. Okay. I will list your, um, your wife's grandmother the next time <laughs> I do this round. <laughs> I mean, she was oh. just a machinist, but, you know, it's a cool picture regardless. Uh, Margaret Sanger is known as a pioneer in what medical field? I can't give you any more details without just well, literally handing it to you. Margaret Sanger is known as a pioneer. Sorry, this one's in what a, area uh, of, of... What medical field? Medical. Oh, um, Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Is it, like, I mean, I guess it would be like OBGYN or like, uh, you know, like, Basically, like birth and delivery. I'll give that one to you. It's it's of the under the broad umbrella of women's health. Okay, cool. Because it literally was not a thing. Men's there health are... was was like a thing. Well, I guess it was a thing, but literally not to the extent. And lots of controversy in her establishing it. There's many. There's a brand that's singer. I'm pretty sure. There um, are the singer, the S I N G R. Um, sewing machines this is san right right um i still feel like Ooh. i've seen i've seen like medical equipment or something along those lines with that name on it um maybe not i don't know maybe i'm just nuts <laughs> probably i don't think you're you're nuts i probably just don't recognize it it might also be like a baby monitor brand or something that i saw <laughs> okay last but not least one of my personal favorites Jane Goodall is known for her conservation efforts throughout the 20th century. She is one of the leading minds for conservation and is known for her expertise on what... That is not correct. Can you finish the question? I finished the question, Ryan. Would you like me to reread it? Yes, please. (laughs) Jane Goodall is known for her conservation efforts throughout the 20th century. Mm. She's one of the leading minds for... She was one of the leading minds for conservation and was known for her expertise on what animal? Answer first. Ryan, I already forgot what Mark said, but I'm going to say... <laughs> I don't remember what Mark said. Apes? <laughs> that is a broad classification Ch- of animals. Do you have anything more specific? Chimps? There you go. Oh, I'm going to yeah. give you one for that because I had yeah. to egg you on <laughs> to okay. get an answer. <laughs> is this where t- Tarzan, Jane from Tarzan got the name? No. Okay. <laughs> no. She worked with chimpanzees. But there is a Simpsons episode about it. (laughs) (laughs) She's very famous in the conservation world. Thank you guys for my wonderful, wonderful round. Um, We have now come to halftime. Brian, what are our scores? Uh, 
I'll get to the scores in a second. As soon as you started talking about this, I I immediately wanted to go and look because uh, I've I I'm gonna pull from a couple of things, but I had recently subscribed to Showtime because I wanted to see one of the Kobe Bryant documentaries, um, as well as another thing called um, sh- what's it called? Shut up and play or shut up and play basketball, which is a great great documentary about history and black culture and as it relates to basketball and the basketball players from the 50s going on that um that have really you know stood up when uh it was needed um but i say all this to say that there's also the movie on the basis of sex which i have not yet seen but i do want to and it is about the story of ruth gator uh, ruth bader ginsburg and it is a portrayal it's it's a movie uh, but about her story coming up in law, um, you know, breaking gender norms and uh, the gender discrimination that came against her as she was up and coming. Um, and there's a great podcast that's just like six, six episodes. Really nice. wonderful. She's done some incredible things. Her and her husband, his ongoing support in an era when that would have never happened. Um, yeah. Like, it, it's really incredible. I didn't put her down here because she's very easy to get along with the other Supreme Court justices. Um, (laughs) Well, to give you the facts necessary to get her, she's easy to get. Um, But, uh, you know, pseudo pick on the basis of sex is uh, on Showtime if you need a streaming option, which you can also do like a free trial of. Um, Haven't seen it yet, but Mark, you said it's really good. Uh, I've I've heard really good things. I assume it's uh, definitely want to watch. Still more chances. Uh, There should be a fair amount of points going this way, maybe. Uh, my round is million dollar questions. Oh, so cool. Money. I went, yes, <laughs> I went through some of who wants to be a millionaire's million dollar questions. And I have those, uh, no lifelines available, <laughs> but, uh, this was inspired because I was going back through and, uh, I actually know somebody who won a million dollars. What? Um, when I was, yeah, we've never actually brought this up before. It came up on a friend's podcast and I, I told him about it. Um, when I was doing quiz bowl, like trivia bowl in middle school in Tulsa, one of the other teachers had won the million dollar question. She, uh, her question, which is not one of these that I picked, was reference to the American Gothic painting which is the uh, the two people, the bald man and the lady in front of the 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 wooden house with the pitchfork, if that rings a oh, bell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the relation between the painter and the the people in there? If I remember qu- correctly, it is the wife and it is the dentist, the person's family dentist. But- and um, let me see if I can pull up exactly what i had um yeah it was uh, a teacher from another school i didn't know her super well but her name was miss christie she was one of the the trivia bowl teachers on behalf of another school and um when we were at a trivia bowl competition uh, i had talked to her and my teacher and she had a little pin on her lapel of american gothic uh which is really cool and she went on to become or she became at that moment the first female million dollar winner cool um anyway so the way this is gonna go everyone's gonna lock in an answer uh you can write it down if you have it i'm gonna give you uh one of the questions that won somebody a million dollars so i have six of those questions here and i'm gonna give you the four uh multiple choice questions so a b c or d you're all gonna lock that in and then you're all gonna give me the answer uh if you get it right you get two points uh if you don't you get none 
Uh, there are no... I, th- I tried really hard to, to think of a way I could introduce some lifelines or something into this, but uh, I have none. So this is just going to be questions. Uh, some of these, I picked ones that uh, they're all hard, but uh, I think are doable. Uh, there are a few that were just like way obscure that were like, what is the 18th century whoever who did a thing? And so I, <laughs> I negated all of those. Oh, I like those. <laughs> So everyone's going to lock in an answer, and when you have it, everyone's going to give me their answer. Question number one. Which of these is not one of the American Triple Crown horse races? A, Arlington Million. B, Belmont Stakes. C, Kentucky Derby. D, Preakness Stakes. I'll go over them again. A, Arlington Million. B, Belmont Stakes. C, Kentucky Derby. D, Preakness Stakes. Which of these is not one of the American Triple Crown horse races? Uh, Rachel. A. Stu. The Belmont one, B. Uh, the Arlington Million is not one of them. So Darn. the three qu- races around the Triple Crown are the Belmont Stakes, the Kentucky Derby, and the Preakness Stakes. It threw me off because there's the Arlington racetrack outside of Chicago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these are hard. I remember I've had we've had at least one or two trivia questions that come up in pub trivia that are around the triple crown and uh, not ones I knew off the top of my head. Okay, no, question number two. This is gonna be really hard because this is a really long name. Sorry, I'm trying to pronounce it in my head. I was again. gonna say that is a long name. Nephilococcia, <laughs> Nephilococcia. <laughs> I'll spell it. I don't know if it helps a lot. N-E-P-H-E-L-O-C-O-C-C-Y-G-I-A. <laughs> Nephilococcia is the practice of doing what? A. Finding shapes in clouds. B. Sleeping with your eyes open. C. Breaking glass with your voice. D. Swimming in freezing water. Nephilococcia. A, finding shapes in clouds. B, sleeping with your eyes open. C, breaking glass with your voice. D, swimming in freezing water. Stu. Uh, finding shapes in clouds. Rachel. B, the, the sleep one. All right. Uh, it is actually finding shapes in clouds. Sweet. So Stu gets two points there. Nephilococcia. I used to practice that a lot. That's why you're so familiar with the term. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) It definitely sounded it sounded like a medical disorder, and that was my full basis. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to piece it together, and I know like nepha is like death, which I know is also related to your kidney somehow. (laughs) And I was like, death and I I don't know. I would have assumed sleep just because sleeping uh and I don't know, maybe death. But I don't know. Anyways, two points to stew there. Question number three. In the popular video game, Miss Pac-Man... Sorry. Sorry. In this popular video game, Miss Pac-Man gobbles up pellets while being pursued by four ghosts named Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and what? A, Jane. B, Meg. C, Sue. D, Pam. Again, this is Miss Pac-Man. It's A, Jane. B, Meg. C, Sue. D, Pam. Rachel? Uh, Jane? Stu. Sue? Uh, it is actually Sue. <laughs> so Stu gets points. Sweet. Thank you. Did you know that? I did. Okay. See, Clyde, I, is the, Clyde is the, or not I the knew Clyde like the original as, Pac-Man. Yeah, I knew Clyde for uh, 
the male Pac-Man, Inky Binky, Pinky, and Clyde. Clyde, yeah, Clyde and Sue are both orange. Yeah, I and Sue I has didn't, a little bow on her, I think. Yeah, I did not know Sue off the top of my head. Uh, actually, I actually sell a shirt with a design that is just the orange ghost, and it says with a little "Hello, my name is" sticker that says "Hello, my name is Clyde." <laughs> That's awesome. And I think I've only sold one of them, but it was as a little baby onesie, and it made me really happy. That's really Aww. cute. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two points to stew there. Uh, question number four. Which scientific unit is named after an Italian nobleman? A. Pascal. B. Ohm. C. Volt. D. Hertz. Uh, scientific unit named after an Italian nobleman. A. Pascal. B. Ohm. C. Volt. D. Hertz. Rachel. A. Stu? Volt. Uh, the correct answer is Volt, which Stu got. Oh. Thank you. Stu is cleaning up on these million-dollar questions. The, uh, the namesake <laughs> is to Alessandro Volta, who invented the first electric battery in the 1800, or in 1800. I actually so. knew that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I knew it was, yeah, like I knew it was Volta um, and that it was battery-related, yeah. Nice. But... That's pretty much it. That's where my memory bank goes. <laughs> All right. Two points to stew there. Question number five. If you planted the seeds of Kyrkus Rober, Kyrkus Rober, Q-U-E-R-C-U-S-R-O-B-U-R. If you planted the seeds of Kyrkus Rober, you would grow what? A, trees, B, flowers, C, vegetables, or D, grain. Stew. Vegetables. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, grain. Rachel. Grain. The only one I don't recognize. Uh, none of those are correct. You would actually oh. be growing, growing oak trees. Oh. Quercus okay. Rober. Okay. <laughs> so, no points there. Question number six. Now used to refer a cat, the word tabby is derived from the name of a district of what world capital? A, Baghdad, B, New Delhi, C, Cairo, or D, Moscow. Now used to refer a cat, the word tabby is derived from the name what district, or the name of a district of what world capital? A, Baghdad, B, New Delhi, C, Cairo, D, Moscow. Rachel? Baghdad. Stu? B. Okay. Uh, it is... Baghdad. Tabby used to derive the name of the district of Baghdad. So Rachel gets two points there. And that is the end of the game. That was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was, that that was, was really fun. good. <laughs> All right. I thought they were, they were gettable but difficult. Weeping up there. Although Stu got six points in the final round there. So if you're ever on, hit up Stu. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no guarantees though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice job. Uh, that is the end of the game, so let's get into some picks. Each episode, a couple of us give a movie, game experience, or something cool like that that we recommend that you can check out. And Rachel, today you have a pick. Yes, and my pick kind of follows the same theme as my round. It's a website. Um, this website is called rejectedprincesses.com. It, um, it contains lots of stories about um, women who did incredible things but would never make the cut for an animated movie 
Huh. Um, so it is hmm. done in, um, they're done in written and also in comic style in, for like this contemporary animation. So it's actually an artistic project. It's got loads and loads of stories. It's actually on hiatus now, but there are a bunch of stories. People you've never heard of, um, ancient women, people, modern women who are making waves. It's really cool. Um, very informative. I, I think it's quite lovely. Um, again, rejectedprincesses.com. All the princesses who would make the cut for an animated movie. This but is are doing incredible so things. cool. Yeah. I obviously because Rachel's round was somewhat, you know, played into this a little bit. Uh, I did not know her pick beforehand, so this is the first time I'm looking at it. Uh, this is cool, and you can pick up women in combat and a map based on geographic location. Uh, I'm seeing Luisa Capiteo, who is an activist arrested for wearing pants in at the turn of the 19th or at the turn of the 20th century. It's a big uh, deal. Yeah. This is cool. This is really cool. I'm and looking at it too. It looks like there's a book about it, or at least a couple, maybe a couple books, at least one yeah. book. Yeah. It's this really is, cool. It's an artist project. Yeah, this is awesome. And the, the art is gorgeous. Yeah. It's super wow. interesting. You can really do a deep dive. I, I um I ran across it and I think it's just super cool. This is amazing. I mean, both artistically as well as just all the history and all the incredible women here. Like I'm excited to read this. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is so cool. looks like, yeah, they have a couple books available as well as some other uh, stuff in their store. Uh, this is really cool. This is definitely something I want to check out. It's really, really incredible. Like they have an ongoing list of 2000 women. Um, and just it's it's just really ongoing it's truly incredible yeah so de yeah definitely check out this website uh this is really cool uh, there, there's so much there that's the, really the cool thing and i think um as a female it's hard to find it's hard to find a lot of information so it's it's really really cool yeah this is worth checking out this is and if not just because it's an awesome topic like this has to be great trivia fodder like this has to be a great way to learn about a lot of women that would certainly come up in trivia at some point so uh this is really cool this is uh rejectedprincesses.com like i really think you should really just explore it into the areas that interest you because it covers sure. everything i really think that's how it should be done that way you can see that anything or nearly anything you're interested in, there is someone there that you've never heard of. Yeah. Jackie Mitchell, who in 1931 was 17 years old and struck out both Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in front of thousands of people and then what? was benched into obscurity. Oh, the more you bullshit. know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably what the MLB commissioner said. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah. Prince, sorry, rejectedprincesses.com. Really, really cool. Uh, all right. Uh, if you have a pick and you think we should check it out, anything you think the li listeners would enjoy, uh, send it our way. Email it to us at thingsaretwrong at gmail.com or DM us or 
hit us up on Twitter, Instagram at things they aren't wrong. Also the website things they aren't wrong.com has all the past episodes, show notes and more. Uh, the next episode is coming out around mid March around the 15th or so probably whatever that Monday is in the middle of the week, because that's kind of how these episodes come out. <laughs> uh, so, you know, be on the lookout, check out the Instagram. We'll have it up all that stuff. So uh, thanks again, Stu and Rachel. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. 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 Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hang on, sorry. I got the giggles. <laughs> Also, because Rachel's so into French stuff, rather than a sad trombone, it's a sad French horn. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's what gave me the giggles. Like, (laughs) that's beautiful. Okay, I'm good. This is a professional environment. I'm good. This is completely unrelated because I see my track in front of me as a record. When I laugh, I just see like the note is like. Line, 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 line. And I just look at it as fish scales. <laughs> so every time I laugh, I just see fish scales on my track. You just make goldfish every time you laugh. <laughs> it's the snack that smiles back. Goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here oh we go. Hang <laughs> 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 <Hey> on. <laughs> You, like, all right. So this is this is ridiculous. So I don't know if it happens to you guys, but do you like as as like as an adult? It's it's about once a month. I will I will go to bed, and like Aaron and I will be going to bed, and I will just get like the absolute giggles. It, it's a I level of tiredness. It's a level of tiredness, but it's like I feel like I'm five years old. Like I get like the absolute <laughs> giggles, and everything is hilarious to me, and I. Don't stop laughing for like 20 minutes. And Aaron's like, God, shut up. Like, I'm trying to go to bed. You are the first person who understands the giggle thing. I think it's it's just a thing. It's a thing, right? I think I just like wear myself out. To, and it's not like I, I don't crash like I'm tired. I crash mentally and I break. And I just, yeah. no, no, no. That was like every Halo night with friends in high oh school. That at four in the morning, the, creepiest, <laughs> the weirdest giggles fest comes out. It's always in the kitchen, too. It's, also, it is I don't a know. level of tiredness. Your mind can't process things correctly. So everything's funny. I, I totally agree. Also, we, uh, I don't know if your kids ever watched it. There is a show on like pbs super super early in the morning it was i think it was called sprouts or something like that that, that was, was that like, was a newer like sense of thing that, that's much newer like it was more of like this is the like sprouts was the thing like this is the shows for early for little little kids like there yeah. was like that's there was the name of something that i don't remember the name of but on pbs at like four in the morning when you've been up for over 24 hours <laughs> And you've been playing Halo and eating junk food with your friends all day, all night. Is just hypnotic, pure LSD to your brain. Like <laughs> the most cracked out, like make you roll over laughing thing I've ever seen in my life. I know I exactly what you're talking about. I thought it was called Sprouts, about. but maybe it was something else. Can you describe it a little more?
Do you know if it's it possible? was just like crazy, like colors, like waving in and out. And then like, a, it wasn't like Teletubbies, but it was something creatures. And then they would be like trying to cross a bridge and they couldn't put the plank down properly. So they would like take it and move it somewhere else and then move it somewhere else and then try to walk across it. I and have to see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't remember this. And I watched a lot of PBS growing up. It was just something that feels like it was designed to make a little two-year-old's brain just break and not and stop crying. And to us, it had the opposite effect. It just made us roll over laughing in tears. Oh, my God. Oh my God. This is beautiful. So, let's start a show. All right. All right.